Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. The Gen Z Basketball Coaching and Sports Business Show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Welcome to the SBC Shot Talk here as we're going to go ahead and preview the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. My uh, name is Kelsey Wilkinson. I'm joined alongside my partners here, John Hartafillis and Adam Kirchhoff. As we're going to go ahead and talk about this really incredible matchup, um, both teams are coming off of two losses, right? We're talking about the Denver Nuggets with a 107-82 defeat to the Celtics. Um, first off, how hard is it to come back to the next game by losing, 20, by losing by 25 points? It's pretty tough. Like you said, both teams coming off losses, haven't picked up that win yet this summer, but they're both looking back to bounce back tonight. Uh, Suns want to pick up their first win after coming off some more narrow losses. But like you mentioned with, with Denver, they're coming off a 20-point loss, 20 plus 20 point plus loss to the Celtics and they got blown out twice so they're gonna need to regroup and I think a big part of that is that a lot of their players were under the health and safety protocol uh, so some of those guys that are gonna come in tonight and came in tomorrow they were not there for that first game so it might take a little bit more time to gel. One thing we got to keep in mind, a lot of these guys, right, these really high draft picks, really great players, haven't lost a lot of games in their lifetime. Right? A lot of these guys were always on great high school teams, great college teams, whatever that might look like. So losing might be new to them, so that might make it a little bit of an adjustment. But at the end of the day, they all know, and the coaches are telling them, something's a part of developing, getting better, getting better every day. Right, seeing you might have lost by 25. What, what can we improve from that? What are the strengths we can take from that? That's the kind of mindset that these teams are going to need if they're really going to get better. And while they might not be used to it, uh, it's something they're going to have to overcome if they're really going to keep making it at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the Phoenix are coming in off a six-point loss to Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz had an incredible run um, in the second quarter, which ended up propelling them to the victory. Um, talk about Phoenix Suns. What would the, their mindset be coming into this game today? Yeah, so their two losses, I think, can be attributed to just poor shooting all around. They shot 19 for 79 from the field over the past two games. But to be honest with you, I think once they kind of get in that mindset and they say, okay, listen, they regroup and they say, we got to get this third, we got to get this first win out of these three games. I think once they gel a little bit better, then I think they can get going. They, interesting enough, they have guys like a Jalen Smith who's playing pretty well. He might be a guy that didn't perform as many would have expected as the number 10 overall pick. In the first game, a couple games in the summer league, he's playing pretty well. He's, getting, he's finding his groove over there. So it's, it's guys like that that the Suns are maybe to, to get more from or maybe have them make other guys better if they're really going to find success here as we, as we see how this next game tip off. And on Jalen Smith, like he had a pretty cold shooting night the other night, but it didn't really discourage him because he had – Putting in work on the glass, putting work on the defensive end. He grabbed 15 boards in the last game. So, you know, like John, as a player, when you have those cold shooting nights, how do you encourage yourself and empower yourself to just keep going even though you might not be feeling it offensively? How can you kind of regroup, redefine your mind for that? That's exactly the thing. He might have had a cold shooting night, but you could still impact the game in other ways. The ball might not go in the basket, but there's so many other ways to leave your mark on a game. And he's one of those guys that right, has been able to find a way to do that. And as other guys in the summer league will see, the ball's not always going to go in the basket. How can you find other ways to make your teammates better to impact winning, to have a, a positive plus minus, to come out of the game and help your team win. There's a lot of ways to do that in the game of basketball. How are you going to find that out? That's some of these players are going to have to uh, see, and these teams have to see if they really want to survive in these next few summer league games. Yeah, both teams definitely have, I guess you could say their star players have been in the league already, and Jalen Smith and Bo Bo. Um, that's pretty much the marquee matchup. What are some of the things that you're really intrigued or excited about in watching those two play? 
Second year man, Bol Bol, we've seen what he can do. He put up 26 points along with nine boards and a couple blocks and actually zero turnovers, which kind of goes to show that he's kind of that seven foot two, seven foot three. It's kind of that unicorn type player in a way. We've seen what he can do. He is taller than he looks, to be honest with you. And he's only 20, he's only 21. He might even still be growing, especially given his father, seven foot seven, yeah. Manu, the late Manu Bol. But, you know, I think looking for him against Jalen Smith. Like I said, he can rebound, he can run in transition, he can shoot lights out when he's on. Jalen Smith, kind of a different player, but you know, Jalen Smith is going to be someone that look, is going to look to kind of shut him down tonight, I think. The first thing I thought of was, how can you not be excited about someone like Bobo? Really, so you said, we're perfectly saying, like a unicorn, checks all those boxes of someone that's exciting to watch play because you don't really see guys like him play often. What, what you said, all those great stats were only in 24 minutes of play. He's stuffing the stat sheet and making his presence felt right as soon as the ball's tipped um, until the end of the game. So he's one of those guys that we definitely expect a lot from, but also expect to see a lot of excitement from as these games go on. And what do you think he can really do to improve, especially in this regular season? Because we've seen that he has that potential, but I think most of the concerns are kind of surrounding his physicality. You know, he's really lanky. He's kind of needs to put on some more weight, but given his body type, that might be a little bit more difficult. So do you think that's the main thing that he can do this upcoming season to maybe get some more reps, get some more playing time in? 100% because we're seeing it here against this competition. What happens when you get against NBA players? Obviously, there's, there's, a, there's those little small things. Like here, we're, they're seeing against some grown men in terms of like a Kenneth Farid on some of these teams that are actually hardened seasoned veterans have, have, have been in the league for a long time and had to know how to use their physicality. How is he going to do that against that high, next level? We're seeing him do it here. How is he going to translate it? The biggest thing might be, well be that physicality. Yeah, you know, uh, you're thinking about physicality, you know, he does have a slim frame. Uh, there's somebody that has been really successful that does have that slim frame, um, frame as well in Kevin Durant. Uh, I, know, I know they're two different players, but it has definitely have been proven that you don't necessarily have to be the biggest and the strongest in order to have success in the league. Absolutely not, yeah. I think sometimes, especially in summer league, you know, with Bull Bull, like, he gets contact. He strides to the rim on a dime, to be honest with you. He's quick, like I said, seven foot two, seven foot three. But, you know... The KD parallels, you know, some people are going to complain about those kind of comparisons, but with the way his body moves, it's, 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 not, it's not a bad comparison because of the way that he can score when he's on. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so um, pretty much going into this game, right, uh, again, two, two teams that, that are 0 for 2, right? The chances are they're, not, they're probably not going to be able to go to the championship round or the championship bracket. Um, how can you keep those guys still motivated to still come into each and every game and take it extremely serious as if it is their last game? Well, I think you see with Summer League, it's really, these guys are out there, they're hustling, they're hustling extra because this is what they're competing for. They're competing for roster spots. And that's what you love to see, especially at Summer League, even though it's a game that's really high-paced, mm -hmm. high transition ball, mm -hmm. it's, you see that scrappy play and you see that as a result of these guys coming in and acting like, you know, they're playing for their roster spot. Spot on. I was about to say, you asked, well, how do you motivate them when, it's, when it could be their last game? That's the fat thing. It might be your last game, not just in summer league, but period. How can, you know, with, with that being the amount of uh, oversight on, on top of you, maybe that being the, the narrative over this game, how can you not play hard, right, knowing that it might be your last game, period? Um, it's, it's time for you guys to step up and play hard because you might never get this chance again. You have an opportunity here at summer league to show out in front of all these NBA scouts. We see them walk in the concourse. This is your time to do it, and it's your time to shine if you want to make it permanent. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think it's important to realize, too, um, not only do they have an opportunity to at least try to make the respective team that they're currently playing for right now, but then also if they do not make it, they have an opportunity to go ahead and get picked up by an NBA team or even someplace overseas because that is an opportunity here because a lot of overseas um, scouts do come in to go ahead and see how they can make their team better. Exactly. And, you know, I think if we go back to Phoenix, uh, 
you take Jalen Smith and you take Tyshawn Alexander, and those are the two players that were actually on the regular season roster last year. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that those guys, having that NBA experience, can come in and kind of teach, and how can their upcoming teammates that are rookies, how can they kind of mold their game off of them? It accelerates the whole process. You're talking about guys with NBA experience coming in and telling all these guys that have just finished out their college careers. Some guys, like Jalen Green, maybe playing in, in the Julie Ignite team, but most guys coming off of never having played against professionals in their entire life. So now you're actually getting to play with guys that have done that for a few years. There's so many lessons to be learned, whether it's at practice, on the bus coming over to the game, in the actual game itself. So many of those small lessons can be picked up and learned, and that just changes everything for you as a young player moving forward. And I think, too, uh, with Jalen... Jalen Brown um, being a, a teammate of Chris Paul, right? You know, right. one of the best leaders in the NBA. I'm sure he got a chance to see what it takes to make it here right. and what it takes to become a successful team. And I'm sure that he's talking to his teammates and trying to implement that leadership role. Because at the end yeah. of the day, the summer league is not really for the veterans. It's for the young players to actually be in a role that they're not necessarily accustomed to. Absolutely. And um, this is a good opportunity to go ahead and become a leader and work on those characteristics and those traits. And, you know, Kesley, it's funny you mentioned that because Ty. Tyshawn Alexander, who brought in 16 points off the bench, they were you know, kind of talking to him post-game about his mid-range because he was making those mid-range pull-ups, and he accredited that success to studying Chris Paul, Devin Booker this past season, who are really like perfected. They're one of the best, two of the best mid-range scorers in the game, as we know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also emphasized, you know, probably due to that leadership from Chris Paul, his main, even though he brought off those 16 points, his main driving factor of the game was making sure that he wanted to emphasize that defensive pressure off the ball, especially. You know that about it. Now, uh, the Nuggets did sign Jimmy Fredette, right? Um, that was definitely one of the little headliners here to see if maybe Jimmy Fredette could actually come and make a comeback into the league. Uh, how essential, if he does play, and I'm not sure if he's going to play or not, but how essential or how much can he help the Nuggets right now in the summer league? Jimmer, you know, I want to say Jimmer might have pulled out early before the week, but even if he does play, I think that's someone that can be looked at as an example. You know, we're seeing a lot more veterans, especially this year, I feel like, that are mm -hmm. coming in and playing for these summer league squads. And, you know, even if it's not a direct path into making it into the NBA, you know, maybe some guys, you know, you saw guys like a Vince Carter who joined like a young Atlanta Hawks team, maybe because they like that mentorship role. And even though summer league is only a couple weeks, you know, maybe that's something that they could use forward in their career and their lives, you know. 100%. You can even take it further with guys like a Udonis Haslam, who made maybe not a, a career, but a, a late three, four-year career at the end of his career of being that guy on a team that maybe doesn't touch the court very often, but when he's on the bench, he changes the whole game for an, for an entire team. And that's why franchises are willing to take a guy like that. Um, and here at Summer League, there's no better opportunity to take a guy that can really just make everybody better. Well, the Phoenix Suns definitely have their hands full in a guy like Bol Bol. I mean, you know, the, the length, the athleticism, and even his ball handling skills too. What do the Phoenix Suns have to do to go ahead and try to contain him so that he's not so, such a big a problem? I think they got to use their size. I think as much as, you know, Bol Bol will tower over Jalen Smith, I think Jalen Smith can really use his strength because, you know, we see the body type of Jalen Smith. We mm -hmm. see his athleticism. Mm -hmm. I think he can use some of those defensive instincts, some of those intangibles to try to contain Bol Bol because the thing about him is, he can move on a dime, like I said before. He goes, he goes right. So as long as you, you kind of you know, set your feet, you have that lateral quickness against him, I think that could be a strategy to use. Lateral quickness is a huge part of it. And the biggest thing might even be not even letting him catch the ball, right? Denying the ball and not, maybe not even letting him get to his spots and get comfortable. You see a lot of times with Bobo, he catches it. He has such an advantage over guys physically, right, by, with his size. Mm -hmm. Once he catches, you're already at a disadvantage almost in many cases. If you can stop him from even catching the ball, you stand a much better chance of containing him the whole game. Well, I, I know for a fact 
uh, watching the game of basketball, some of the most successful teams had really good duos, right? We're talking about Shaq and Kobe, um, Dwayne Wade and Shaq, um, and, and there's, a, there's a, a list that can go on and on. I know the two-man game that Nashawn Highland, a.k.a. Bones, and Bobo, they've been, you know, been very successful here in the summer league. Um, talk about how lethal it is to have a, a dynamic duo or at least a really good two-man game with a guard and a big. Of course, no, that two-man game is essential. You know, you got that easy pick and roll, and, you know, you've seen a lot of teams use it more and more. But I think especially for Bones Highland, him and Bobo, you know, they just played one game together because – Highland debuted, or <laughs> debuted the last game, and he really showed off his playmaking abilities, and that's what he was really drafted for. But he also showed his ability to score, and they connected on a few alley-oops down the stretch, dropped seven assists along with those 16 points. You have two guys that right, are comfortable playing with each other from the jump, right? They come, a lot of these guys here at Summer League, they're, they're playing each other for the first time. Maybe it's the first week of them even knowing each other and getting to get to these games. Coming in with that already set in stone and you have that, that, that chemistry there, it's huge. It's a game changer because you have two guys, like you said, uh, that, that, that pick and roll is an automatic last resort. Shot clock's winding down. We have something that we know has been proven to work over the last several years, and it's going to work now too. You know that about, I mean, I, I, having a dynamic duo, duo I think, is uh, really essential, and it makes it hard to guard, right? You're talking about the pick and roll. That can really collapse the defense, and that can open up for shooters in the corners, et cetera, et cetera. I think that would definitely add a lot of stress um, for the defensive end. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. And back to Bones Highland. He was taken in the first round, 26 yep. overall this year. Yep. Do you think he can really have an impact, you know, especially given the uncertainty of Jamal Murray, you know, coming off rehabbing a torn ACL? Um, you know, as we know, I think, uh, Highland will need to improve his shot consistency, but we sh he shoot uh, he displayed in the last game that he can even though not be that consistent he can shoot from deep. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough to even replicate someone like a Jamal Murray who's been such a great player over the last few years. But if he can give Denver any sort of depth in that position where they did struggle, right, in the postseason, they could have really used someone in that spot that could have even tried to close some of the gap between an all-star all level player like Jamal Murray and the next guy. Um, if he can maybe do that, that'd be huge for the Denver Nuggets. It'd be great to see him uh, put, turn into that player. Hopefully the summer league helps him accelerate that process and he's there sooner rather than later. So let's go ahead and open up our minds here. What do you think that um, Highland could potentially be another Gary Harris? Because we looked at the, ta the tandem between the two players, right, um, Harris and Murray, and how successful they were. Uh, maybe the general manager may think that that's probably the, f the fit that Highland may have. Sure. And, you know, I think with Gary Harris, as someone who was kind of brought in as a 3 and D guy, yeah. I think Highland has potential. He looked smooth creating space. He kind of drives to the rim with ease. Like he said, he has that long body type. And, you know, even though he needs to improve his consistency outside, I really like his stroke. And the lateral quickness to stay in front of defenders, you know, I think it's something like Gary Harris had, like you mentioned. And, you know, I think even if he doesn't get that clear-cut role of coming this season, I think maybe he could be that spark plug even behind a Jamal Murray when he comes back. 100%. That's the whole thing. He doesn't have to really replicate that as it is. He just has to maybe replicate that role in that sense of being a guy that can come in and create that spark off the bench. Being someone that can, when, when the game's not going too well, you can get subbed in for two minutes, three minutes, and change the momentum of a game. Not so much stay in for all those minutes and, and, and have a huge impact um, over the, and do it yourself over the course of a game, but change the tide, get your teammates involved, and help them carry that on for you once you get subbed out. Absolutely. So here at the SBC, we got an opportunity to go ahead and put ourselves in the position of a general manager, right? So put yourself into those shoes, and you're looking at guys like Jalen Brown and Bo Bo, right? Those old guys that have been in the NBA already. What are some of the improvements that you want to see, uh, especially from a guy like Jalen Brown, who really kind of didn't live up to the bill last year? Uh, what are some of the improvements that you're looking to see, especially in a time like right now where he's really highlighted? 
you definitely want to see them take that role that, right, you're, you're, you're here in some league for a reason, right? That, that one reason is to get better. Um, you maybe drafted them with the, with the perception of where can they be in one year, two years, three years from now. And as a general manager, the biggest thing you want to see is some form of improvement. It doesn't have to be leaps and bounds on year one. It doesn't have to be leaps and bounds in the first few months or even in the second year. But you definitely want to see that sense of progress to know we're getting to that point where these guys can come and make an impact on our team. And as a young player, how do you guys think, you know, going into a team like the Rockets right now, who's rebuilding, or a team like the OKC Thunder, you play summer league, it's almost, the team is almost identical to the regular season roster, but, you know, how do you think you stay motivated? <laughs> some, some, you know, we go back to like the rebuilding Laker years, the Lakers, the roster, the regular season roster was essentially the same as the summer league roster. So we're seeing that now with like the Houston's and the OKC's. How do you stay motivated as a rookie on, you know, more of a contending team like Denver and Phoenix here? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, the motivation is I want to prove that I'm that guy. I right. want to prove that I was drafted for a reason. I want to prove that, you know, everybody wants to be successful in their roles, right? right. And then not only that, if, they're, if you're not motivated with just that alone, right. um, I'm trying to get paid. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I want to go ahead and earn a contract. Hey. I want to go ahead and try to see if I can get as much money as possible right. so I can go ahead and help my family or whatever situation I was in prior to making into the NBA. There's definitely a great quote I could use here. I'm not sure which one it is, but hate, just haters in general are a great motivator. Whatever that might look like, whoever might be thinking of these teams as, okay, these are a ragtag team of G League guys. There's guys that maybe can't, right, the, the narrative might be from the outside, they can't play at the next level. If I'm here playing in these games, I want to show you and prove you wrong that I can play at that next level. Like you said, get that contract, show you that I can play at that next level. That's the opportunity these guys have now in front of them. Let's see if they can take it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So both teams are, are definitely had really successful teams um, last year, right? Let's talk about Denver Nuggets. Um, Nikola, right, he had the MVP. Um, how do you think the Denver Nuggets are going to go ahead and try to build uh, off of that MVP season? So Jokic captured MVP. He was the first uh, most valuable player in the history of the Denver Nuggets, and he actually set a record. He was the lowest draft pick ever wow. to win MVP. <laughs> so I think, that, I think that again shows how Summer League can be a means of finding those future stars. Because I remember being back here in 2015 and Jokic had a showing. You know, you could see that potential. And, you know, that's why when you're watching these games, you know, one of these guys could be a future MVP someday. But to get back to your point about Denver, I think, you know, they made it to the second round. They lost Jamal Murray to that torn ACL. And they eventually ran out of gas. They got swept by the Suns. And, you know, that leadership by Chris Paul kind of took those Suns to the next step, I think. Um, Denver had a quieter offseason, though. I think, you know, they brought the core back, re-signing Will Barton. Resigning Austin Rivers and Jermichael Green, but where do you see the, tra the tra trajectory going? The trajectory, it's sky high. This, this, this is a team that, right, they have the pieces. They've been there before. They've been, they've, this team has gone to the semifinals. They've gone to the conference finals. They've shown that they're a team that can make moves and that can make noise in the Western Conference. They obviously have had some bad luck, whether it's with injuries or, or the ball not bouncing their way or triple overtime games in the playoffs. That's going to happen, right? That's going to stand in your way. Setbacks happen. Uh, but when you have a guy like Jokic, it's funny you mentioned how only a couple months after getting drafted, he was making waves in the summer league. He was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. This is a guy yeah, that, right, right, not just was the lowest draft pick ever by like a, a, a pick or two, more like 20 picks. Um, with most guys that are late um, MVP draft picks being, you know, 15 guys like Giannis. This guy was number 41. Yeah. Obviously, someone that, that came here with a pick on his shoulder showed up and played at a high level here at Summer League. 
obviously that translated into him getting my, uh, better every single year in the league, cultivating with an MVP season most recently. Now, it's definitely interesting to see how Bol Bol will actually be implemented in the NBA roster because we didn't get a really chance to see him play too much NBA games or at least meaningful games. Um, how do you think Denver is going to actually try to implement them and try to help them succeed even more than what they've been doing so far? Yep, and it's funny you say that, right? Maybe, what, what, what would it define maybe a meaningful game? I would say depending on who you are, all these games are meaningful, right? If you're sitting out here on the court, this game might be the difference between you getting noticed and you not getting noticed. A lot of guys today, right, whether you hit a game-winning shot or you had a big day, Everyone's now talking about you, and it goes, oh, did this team make a mistake on draft night? Did this team get a steal on draft night? It goes both ways. Um, and, and, and thinking about what these teams maybe look at as, as things that can change a whole game for, the, for, 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 for some of these players, one moment can change your whole career. That's happening for a lot of these guys out here now at Summer League. And remember, Bull Bull is someone who fell in the draft too, expected to take in the lottery, fell all the way down to, I believe, the second round. Yeah. I believe well, you yeah, got, got picked by the Heat. Got picked by the Heat and then traded to Denver. So yeah. he's someone, I think, who's got a chip on his shoulder, of course, and he's trying to prove himself out here. And I think he would love to get a regular rotation spot this upcoming season. Now, now with Jalen Brown, again, a guy that was drafted, uh, I believe, 26 overall, if I'm not mistaken, um, in 2020's draft, and then he did not really live up to the bill. Uh, how do you think he's going to go ahead and fit with Phoenix Suns and their trajectory? Because they've definitely exceeded a lot of expectations, especially last year. It's tough when you're a guy at that, at that right, where they maybe didn't perform so much your rookie year. You're seeing all the guys around you. You're seeing a, De a Devin Booker outshine expectations. You're seeing a DeAndre Aiden outshine expectations again in his third year, really going from someone that many considered a bust to now they're saying, wow, this guy's one of the better bigs in our league. Right? So you're seeing everyone around you play up. It's got, it's got to be something that's definitely making him think, I got to get better too. Um, and that's definitely something he's going into the summer league thinking. He might, he's, he's maybe showing it sometimes, maybe not, sometimes not showing it. Let's see if these next few games in summer league, he can make that, make it that known. Yeah, I definitely think he's probably thinking, how can I fit? How can I help this team grow? Right. Um, but last question here, really, how essential do you think the bubble run regardless of them going undefeated and not being able to make the playoffs in the bubble with the Phoenix Suns, how essential do you think it was for them as far as their growth um, as an as a organization? I think it really set the tone because this was a major turnaround for this franchise, mm -hmm. starting with that bubble run. Just two years ago, 2019, right before the bubble, they finished with 19 wins. And yeah. they failed to really, they didn't really have much of an identity since Steve Nash left, if we're going to be honest. So I think they set the tone with that bubble run that we are a team that's looking to make a push and then adding Chris Paul, obviously, that did it. You're talking about a team of guys, right, that maybe they, they all did, didn't know their identity. None of these guys were solidified players in the NBA. Now you're putting them in a situation where they're in the bubble and they're actually feeling, oh, this is what it's like to win. This is what it's like to actually have people talking about it. This is what it's like to have a streak and to protect a win streak and to feel like we're a winning team or a competing team. That's got to feel good. So you finish that off in the bubble. Whether you make the playoffs or not, you have that feeling. Uh, you, that, that no one can take that away from you. You have that feeling. Carrying over to the next season, how can you not get better when you get a guy like Chris Paul? That kind of brings it all together. That's just icing on the cake, bringing it all together and helping this team be one. A B1 that can obviously make the incredible run to the finals we just saw. Now, you know, they got swept last year, Denver did, with Jamal Murray being out. If you think Jamal Murray was actually available to play and he did not have his ACL injury, how do you think that series would have turned out? I think it would have gone. <laughs> That's a tough question. It is a tough question. And I think a lot of people expected it to go six games, yeah. at least. Okay. But I think fair. Jamal Murray would have certainly made it competitive. I mean, I think he's like. You know, Jokic, Jokic gets his, but Jamal Murray essentially acts as, you know, he's a primary ball handler. He's the primary scorer in some instances. So, you know, I think he would have completely changed 
the trajectory of that series for sure. Taking it back to the bubble, what, I mean, it's not so much Jamal Murray just as a talent. It's what he does. He elevates his game in the playoffs. He's one of those guys we've seen him in the bubble come in and have those games where you're like, wow, this guy's good, right? And you get to a whole other level of what you thought he was, he gets to that next level. Uh, so being a guy that, that routinely would be doing it the year before, obviously a huge blow to them to lose them this past year. Next year, hopefully he's back, healthy, ready to go, and he's able to have a successful rehab so he can recapture some of that magic that he showed us in the bubble. No doubt about it. Well, that's going to go ahead and just wrap everything up here uh, with the shot talk here with the SBC students. Uh, what's going to happen next is the post-game coverage of the winner between the Raptors and the Rockets, excuse me. And we're going to go ahead and join by a few of uh, another more uh, SBC students. But again, my name is Kelsley Wilkinson alongside my partner, John Hullifilis, and also Adam Kitchoff. Uh, my name is Kels Woods again. I hope you guys have a wonderful time, and um, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you all later. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.